Well, we are now into the uh, third week of this message series. And uh, there's three weeks of this series. I am second is what we've called it. And, and I just want to say thank you to those of you who've kind of tapped me on the shoulder in the last couple of weeks and said, hey, Pastor Doug, I really appreciate those videos. I really appreciate uh, this series. Uh, I know a number of you have, have done that and, and, uh, and have shared that with me. I want to let you know that um, the I Am Second series doesn't have to stop here at the end of today in this message. You can go to IamSecond.com anytime. And there are, I think, over 150 videos of different uh, people uh, who are um, uh, just talking about their testimonies. They are uh, actors and actresses. There's artists. There's models. There's musicians and, and athletes. There's regular people like you and like me who are all sharing their stories about how life is better when Jesus is first and I am second. And so if you want more of this in your life, you just go to your computer, go to your phone, and uh, just type in IamSecond.com, and you can see more of these testimonies. Um, this, uh, this week, we're going to look at one, uh, but I just want to look back over the last couple. The first week, we looked at uh, Sean Johnson, and she dealt with perfection, and she showed us how she dealt with perfection as a world-class gymnast. And yet she found that when she puts Jesus first and she becomes second, how uh, it was better for her. Last week, Pastor Jane spoke uh, to us, and she shared about uh, Olympic track star uh, Moralaki uh, Akinason, and she talked about the power of coming together in community. And so that was a great message for all of us, particularly in the church, of just talking about the, the, the benefits of being together in community. And then today we're hearing a riveting testimony from Paralympian uh, Jessica Long and her battle with anger and how she battled anger. She was born with birth defects, and uh, she was given up for adoption. You're going to hear more of her story in a moment, and how she battled with anger. Now, one quick note before we get into the series for today. I do want to say I'm pretty sure this is accurate. Next week, Advent begins. <laughs> so next week is the first Sunday of Advent. Christmas is just a month away, which is crazy to me, but um, it's, uh, it's coming soon. And we're kicking off a new series next week for Advent called Coming Home for Christmas. And we're going to explore the, the themes of Advent, of, of hope and of love, of joy and peace. And so if you're in town, stop on in, uh, pick up the magnet that I mentioned before, and pick up a, a calendar, some of the other stuff, get connected with our, our folks. We're going to have a great time. If you're online, again, tune in uh, for, uh, for this series. It's a four-week series on how it just feels good to come home for Christmas. We're going to talk about that a little bit. So, but back to Jessica. Jessica, as I said a moment ago, she's had a hard life. Um, she is going to share that with you. You're going to hear more about her testimony. But the title of this message is Anger Defeated. Anger Defeated. And as you listen this morning, I want to ask you to consider the times in your life when you have been angry. And when I say angry, I don't mean the last time the guy on the, you know, the road cut you off or something, made you angry for a few minutes, or, you know, that or whatever. I'm talking about those times where you've been angry for quite a while. The time when a family member or a friend or, or someone said something to you and it lasted for days or weeks or months or even years and that anger has just been with you uh, for that length of time. Or angry because your boss, you know your boss is holding you back. It doesn't ever let you get ahead. Or angry because that neighbor of yours, they, uh, they're someone who they just, they just do everything in spite and it just is so frustrating. They're just not a good neighbor and there's anger there. Maybe you think about how you've been angry with God. Because God didn't answer a prayer, or God didn't arrive on time in the way that you thought he should have at some point in time in your life, and so you were angry with God because you didn't get the answer that you wanted when you thought you needed it. I want you to consider your own 
history with anger as we go into this series this morning. And then let's follow Jessica as she talks to us about how she defeated anger. And so here now is uh, Paralympian Jessica Long talking about how she deals with anger. It's pretty intense because you're sitting there and they're calling each person and they just somehow disappear through this walkway. And then they call your name and you walk out and it's this beautiful like clean pool. There's just 25,000 people and you can hear the roar. My heart rate is starting to pick up. All of Team USA is cheering for me. I take off my legs, I take off my warm-up jacket and I get up to, to the block. I clap three times. I hope it somewhat intimidates the rest of the competitors a little bit. The official says, take your mark. Take your mark. Go. The crowd goes wild once I'm mid-air. And I hold my streamline, I pick my head up, and I just start to race. A lot of people are changing positions. I feel like I need to breathe because I'm gasping for air, but I know if I take that breath, it's going to affect my race. I always know that at the start, I'm going to be behind. Seconds matter. Tenths of a second matter. I know that I can catch up coming in for the wall. This is when the entire race comes down to the ending. But I just put my head down, and then all I hear is just this, like, quiet peace. When I was born, I was put up for adoption by a young 16-year-old Russian girl. And due to a birth defect, um, she just wasn't able to care for me. During this time uh, in Baltimore, Maryland, there was a family, Steve and Beth Long. They went to a church meeting and they saw a picture of me and they were told that this little Russian girl has leg deformities and um, really needed to be adopted. And my mom just said, you know, we, we knew we, you were the child that God wanted us to adopt. So they decided to adopt me and another little boy from Russia, went to the orphanage and, and got us both. Right away, they took me to see a specialist about my legs. And with what I was born with, um, it's called fibular hemimilia. So basically means I was missing all the bones in my lower legs. I did have a foot with three toes um, that they decided to amputate six months after I was adopted. So I could be fitted in these little prosthetic legs and learn to walk just like everyone else. When I think back on my childhood, I didn't feel adopted. I just knew I was angry angry that I didn't have legs. Maybe that's why my birth mom didn't want me, because I didn't look like a normal person. I was missing half my body. I felt like such a burden to my parents in Baltimore, you know, because every time I grew, I had to get a surgery, I had to get the bone cut back, and that was excruciating. I can't think of a single childhood memory that, you know, we weren't always at church or with our church community. And what I heard a lot of is that God, God made me this way and God always had a plan for me, and God loves me, and I didn't like it. I knew I didn't like it. I knew I didn't want anything to do with this God that made me this way. To top it all off, I was born on leap year. So all of my life, the calendar would skip me every four years um, before I had an actual birthday, February 29th. And I think in my head as a little girl that just solidified how I felt about myself, is that I was non-existent. didn't seem fair because I didn't I don't think I knew what I did wrong to have to keep going back in for surgery I didn't think I could even cry in front of my parents because I thought if I cried that somehow they would send me back to Russia no one could help me and I just hurt all the time 
So eventually, I, I found sport and I found that I was really good at sports. I found that swimming, I excelled in swimming. And when I first joined the swim team, I was 10 years old and I was the only disabled swimmer on the team. Most people didn't know I was missing my legs until I got out of the pool. And I kept going back because honestly, I just liked feeding these girls with legs. And it started to fulfill something in me, just earning love. Is it too good to be true? I want this so much, but don't know if I can trust you. In my first race, I turn and breathe to my competitor from Israel, and I remember saying, I did not come here to get second. And we touched the wall, and I had just won my first Paralympic gold medal as a little 12-year-old. And I was the youngest to ever go, the youngest to ever win a gold medal. And I think that that was the start of it. I started getting sponsorships and winning awards. Signed a deal with Nike and I'm in Sports Illustrated and I'm getting commercials. And I wanted to be perfect in everything that I did. There was one year I had 18 world record breaking performances and I didn't slow down. Reached the next gold medal, set the next world record. That's where my worth was. My worth was in swimming. My identity was swimming. But at the same time, I was just broken and sad a lot. I had developed an eating disorder, really pulled away from my relationships, my family, and I realized that I had no control over my life. One summer night, I was at my Friday night youth group Bible study, and I'm sitting there, and I just think, I just couldn't do it alone anymore. I just got up, and I, I made the walk to the front, and I found this woman, and I just said, you know, I, I want to give God my whole heart for once. And I prayed with her, and as soon as I prayed, it was the first time in my entire life that I felt enough, and that I was actually a part of God's family for once. And it's crazy, right? Because it doesn't just get easier. Um, I just realized that God was prepping my heart for what was about to come. I'm in London at the games. I found out that they had found my birth family over in Russia. All of a sudden, we were approached by NBC, asking if I wanted to go back to Russia to meet my birth mom for the first time. Meeting my family, my birth mom, was something I dreamed of my entire life. So I decided to do that, and I took my little sister Hannah with me. It hit me all of a sudden, as soon as we landed in Russia, that maybe my birth family didn't want to see me. I felt relief, scared. Why, why did I come here? Why did I do this? And then we took an 18-hour train ride, 18 hours, and everything is covered in snow. I just kept reapplying lipstick and makeup. And Hannah um, said she didn't even put the lid on the lipstick because she was like, you just were so nervous. You just kept applying. And I think it was just because I wanted to present myself so perfectly yet again. So we pull up in front of their little purple house and I took my sister's hand and we walked together on the, s the snowy, icy sidewalk. And you could hear my birth mom, Natalia, and my, my birth father were crying. Like they were, you could just hear, you could hear tears. They come out of the back door and my birth mom, I mean, she's just burst, I mean, just crying, sobbing. She just kept saying, my, my Lena, I mean, she was saying my daughter. But she's crying, my birth father's crying. I was starting to cry and I was like, I don't wanna cry. And something she just kept saying was that she couldn't forgive herself for giving me up for adoption. And I think if I had not accepted Christ as my savior, 
I don't think I would have forgiven her either. But it was in that moment that I realized that, you know, God has forgiven me my whole life. And I did, I forgave my mom. You know, I wasn't upset with her. And it was this moment that I'd been, I'd been angry my entire life. You know, I didn't feel worthy, I didn't feel enough, that I just realized, oh my gosh, like God really had had a plan this entire time. Coming home after Russia, it definitely, um, it was a heart change, but it also opened up a lot of other questions and questions that I had to really come to terms and talk to God about, you know? Um, questions and, that I thought I already had answered. And I realized that it's okay to have those questions. It, it, it's okay to talk to God about it. You know, since accepting Christ as my savior, I don't have to just go to God and, and have it all together. He knows that I don't have it all together. And I think it's something I still fight. You know, I still fight that feeling of being in control. And I am constantly reminded every day that I need to give it to God. Every day when I put on these two prosthetic legs that are heavy and they still hurt me, my legs still cause me pain. And I think it's honestly this really cool, beautiful reminder that I can't do it on my own. As determined as I am, I just can't. Coming in for the wall. This is when the entire race comes down to the ending. But I just put my head down and just pictured God almost racing alongside with me when I swim. Like he's just there. And when practices get tough or races have been hard, I just call on to him. God, like, this is hard, this is really hard. And I just feel, you know, just keep trying, Jess. Like, I'm here with you. My name is Jessica Long, and I am second. The book of James is probably one of, if not the most practical books that we have in the Bible. It literally is written to encourage us to live out our faith in Jesus every single day. And in this letter, this book of James, chapter 1, verses 19 to 21, James says these words. He says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human, human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So get rid of all the filth and the evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God as planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. Jessica was born with a birth defect, and that caused her to enter this world without the bottom parts of her legs. Her birth mother didn't feel that she could take care of her, so she put her up for adoption. Jessica endured that incredible emotional and physical pain early on in her life. She faced abandonment from her birth parents, regular excruciating surgeries. Every single time she would grow to reconstruct her limbs, she matured year after year. Her birthday only came around once every four years. She was born on a leap year, which made her feel ignored and forgotten and unimportant. And all of this culminated into a uh, feeling of rejection from God. Where she heard about God, she, she spent time with her family at church, but God was, 
It was something over there that just had made her this way. Jessica was angry, and I think if any one of us put ourselves in her shoes, we would feel the same way. I think all of us can understand her feelings. She felt broken, and she was hurting. She felt distant from other people. Her anger led her to find her value in external pleasures. She found love in winning awards. Winning became her best friend, but winning also became her biggest vice. In her anger, she followed that tract of awards and scholarships and status as far as it could take her. But in the end, she realized that she was placing her worth and her value in winning, and it still left her. It still left her with a hole in her heart. It still left her with an emptiness. And her testimony brings to life the words of James. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Jessica's anger could not produce in her life the right kind of living that God desired for her. Her anger just kept digging her deeper and deeper and deeper into a pit and into a hole, and she needed to find a way out. So what did she do? What did she do? Again, looking at James, she got rid of filth and evil in her life and, and humbly accept the word of God that's been planted in your heart, for it has the power to save your souls. One night, Jessica walked forward in her youth group. She was in a church community, and she realized she couldn't do it alone. She couldn't battle the anger alone. She couldn't make it go away. So she got up, and she just walked to the front of her auditorium or whatever room she was in, and she met with a woman, and she gave God her whole heart. For once, she said, for once, I, I, I wanted to do that. I want to trust Jesus with my life. And, and there was this woman, as I said, she, that Jessica walked up to and she prayed with. And it was the first time in her life after making that decision that Jessica ever felt like she was enough. That decision to begin to trust Jesus, it didn't take away her heartache and her pain. It didn't take away her struggles. It didn't remove her history of abandonment or the difficult pains that she had or would continue to experience in her lifetime. But that walk to the front the walk to the front was the decision that gave her the strength to move forward. It gave her the strength to forgive, the strength to, to meet her birth parents and to forgive them for their role in her story. She was angry her whole life, Jessica was, but learning to give that anger over to God and trust the Lord gave Jessica a freedom that she had never known before. And friends, that's the same freedom that we have today. Just like Jessica, there's not one of us who needs to have it all figured out, even though we think we do. There's not one of us that thinks we have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have it all together. You can have questions in life. You can be frustrated in life. But when you feel angry, defeat that anger by giving it over to God. So I'd like to do something today. I'd like to close us in a time of prayer. And I'd like us to take time giving this stuff over to God. Some of you have made that decision to trust Jesus, to trust him completely. And, and some of you are here and you might not have done that. But if you're feeling an anxiety today, if you're feeling something inside you that's wrestling right now, I, I believe that that's God's spirit. And today might be a day where you can put that trust that, that, that trust into, into God's hands, that you can say, Jesus, I'm going to put you first and I'm going to be second. And so I'm going to ask us here in this room to close our eyes, to close our eyes in prayer. I'm going to ask us to close our eyes and 
Um, and I'm gonna actually ask if this message, if Jessica's message is spoken to you and you're saying, yeah, I wanna learn more about this, I'm just gonna ask you to quietly raise your hand. If you're in this room and you wanna raise your hand, okay, thank you. Yep, thank you, good, thank you. Okay, I see those hands. And if you're online today and you are here and you are saying, this is something that I wanna know more about, I just ask you to write yes in the Facebook comments and we can follow up with you. The reason I'm doing this is so that we can celebrate this with you, that we can celebrate this with you so that we can, we can understand uh, how we can help each of us walk along this path. And if there's some of you in this room who have made this decision before and you said, yeah, I, I wanna, I, I've, I've, I've done this move, I've, I've, I've committed my life to Jesus, and, but I wanna recommit this. I wanna follow up with, with God here. I wanna trust him as Lord. I wanna renew my strength in this decision. I wanna put Jesus first and I wanna become second. Then we can do that through this prayer. And so let's all do that by, by giving over to God our anger, our frustration, and our trust. And let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for uh, each and every one who is here, those of us who are listening online, those of us in this room. And I pray, God, that you would give us the ability to learn how to do this, to put you first. God, to put you first. That's not an easy thing to do because, Lord, we are scared people. We are oftentimes angry people. We are frustrated. We are hurting. As, as Jessica told in her story, Lord, she was broken. Lord, we are broken people. And that, that hole that's in our heart can only be filled by the love and the grace, the amazing grace, as we sang this morning, of our Lord and Savior Jesus. And so, God, we thank you for giving us this day. We pray that you would help us to put you first, to trust you, to ask you to forgive us for our sins when we sin and make mistakes and to pick ourselves up and keep moving forward with you and learn how to live that way by putting you first. So thank you, God, for this day. Thank you for uh, each and every one uh, who is here, perhaps making that commitment for the first time, but others, Lord, who are recommitting to you uh, in this day. We pray this all today in Jesus' name. Amen.